This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is going on, everybody? Jack McCauley alongside Luke Munger back here for another preview uh, Thursday before kickoff against Arizona State. Obviously, some big news this week. Jimmy Lake, he will not be on the sidelines as he has gained a one-game suspension. I guess, you know, before we get to the preview here, Luke, I want to hear your thoughts, what you are thinking about Jimmy Lake. You know, what is the situation like over there on Mott Lake? And how are you feeling about all this? Yeah, you know, th- there's not a ton of information beyond what's kind of out there that I know. Um, I will say it seems to be tumultuous. There's a lot up in the air about the future of Jimmy. It seems like the whisperings around Mountain Lake are it may be more long-term than one game, whether that's more suspension to come or even something more permanent. Um, So, you know, it's an interesting spot for the dogs to be in. Um, I think more so just like from a feeling standpoint, I'm not sure – just kind of speaking for myself here, I know I, as a Husky fan, was very excited about the Jimmy Lake hire um, and really enjoyed watching the defense that Jimmy Lake built on Montlake over the five, six years, seven years that he was an assistant coach for the dogs. Um, but yeah, you know, it's obviously been a not great product on the field. Um, a lot of fans haven't been happy with the recruiting to this point and Now it kind of all culminated in a tough loss to Oregon. There's obviously a sideline incident. There's thing at home down eight with two minutes to play. I get that you're deep in your own territory, but uh, just a lot of things. It felt really like everything kind of reached a pinnacle against Oregon um, that made it kind of wonder what the long-term kind of right move for the Huskies would be. Jack, what are kind of your thoughts on the situation? Yeah, this is the first time I guess I've, publicly sounded off about it uh i'm not one of those guys necessarily to constantly go around twitter you know twitter just sharing my thoughts you know as stuff happens you know obviously i share some of those feelings but i like to take the time to you know digest everything that's going on and then spit it out once once everything is kind of calmed down and right now kind of like you luke it, this suspension you know obviously three games before the season ends it doesn't if i had to guess right now it's not looking pretty for jimmy lake i you know, you just don't get suspended, and it's hard to come back from, you know, this, this suspension this late in the year and coach another game for the University of Washington. It just, you know, to me, it just seems obviously you don't know much, but it seems like that's it's just hard to see him coaching another game on the sidelines for Washington. Just with everything kind of going mm-hmm. on, you know, like you said, that it hit that boiling point over the Oregon week. It just sounds like, you know, from everything we've been hearing, it just sounds like, you know, athletic department, upper campus extremely frustrated with how he's acted, you know, some of the, you know, the, whether it be the recruiting coach quotes, the, the sideline boiling, uh, with Ruparake, Ruparake, um, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, you know, has kind of came to fruition alongside the off on field performance, which has suffered, you know, 
its worst loss in program history, uh, lost to Oregon, you know, just hasn't gained any traction. You know, they've, their offensive obviously has stalled to say the least, you know, even those, even his press conferences kind of have seemed to be, you know, really stagnant and the same thing over and over, you know, more about execution, execution. So for me, you know, it's, you know, it's really heartfelt. It's a really heartfelt goodbye because it seems like, you know, I mean, Jimmy did such a great job as a defensive coordinator really helped, you know, rise this program out of the, out of those 0809 ashes, uh, go to college football playoff, New Year's six bulls. But personally, my thoughts is just, it's just hard to see him coming back from this. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he finished out the year, of course, just because, you know, it is a couple more games, but just with everything's going on, it just seems like that boiling point has been reached. And it, from what it seems like from Husky Twitter, you know, Pete, Hugh Millen's been speaking about it on the radio. It just doesn't seem like that it's going the right way and that this train of Jimmy Lake has kind of came to a stop. Yeah. No, I would echo a lot of what you said. Um, obviously, there's a lot to be, I guess, played out and everything at this point is speculation, um, but not a situation that the Huskies thought they would be on the day that they heard that Jimmy Lake was stepping down and or Coach Peterson was stepping down and Jimmy Lake was going to be assuming head coaching responsibilities. I, um, yeah, I think the crazy thing is, too, for me, is if you would have told me three years ago today, you know, Washington was, uh, you know, they were starting to roll. This is when they're, you know, gearing up for a Pac-12 tight. You know, they were kind of getting up for that Apple Cup, the the Minshew Apple Cup. Uh, that season with Coach Pete, you know, where we went to the Rose Bowl. If you would have told me after that, after that Apple Cup that, or after that Pac-12 championship for that matter, that Washington would be off of Chris Peterson and possibly getting ready to move off of Jimmy Lake and onto their third coach in three years. I would not, you know, that's hard to buy. And you're, yeah. As well as looking at a Washington team, you say, hey, we made, they made one bowl game. The, they made the Las Vegas bowl game, you know, since then. And the, other than that, you know, there's a COVID year. And then this team is going to not make, most likely not make a bowl game. I, you know, that just seems so crazy and hard to buy. And just the, just how this program is just, you know, just been, so, it's, it's a, just been a crazy teeter totter effect, you know, ever since, ever since that lightning game against Cal, man, it seems like it's happened, but. Yeah, it's just it's just weird to think about how all this has kind of played out in the last three years. Yeah, you know, certainly, like you said, something that I don't know, just not many people would have bought. It's hard to believe the Huskies are in that situation. Nevertheless, this is a situation where the Huskies have to find a way to adapt and move forward. So, no matter what the changes are, big or small, uh, it's imperative that the Huskies make the right series of choices here to try to climb back on top. So yeah, I guess dogman.com is a great place to obviously find updates on everything happening with Jimmy Lake, uh, all of, I guess, Washington football and basketball. So yeah, right here. Am I right? Well, yeah. Without, I'm going to go ahead and get started on the Arizona preview. The Bob Gregory era, man, officially beginning, <laughs> but I'm going to go over the Arizona offense real quick here. Uh, obviously Arizona offense has a couple really big names to it. Jaden Daniels is, uh, the biggest. He's one of the bigger names in the Pac-12. He had really high expectations coming into this this season. Really, I mean, I, I mean, high. You know, high, he was on a Heisman watch. You know, him and DTR were kind of the guys that were expected to, you know, be the quarterback. Him, DTR, and Keaton Slovis were the guys who expected to lead that quarterback charge this year in the Pac-12, and it really just has not happened. Jaden Daniels has just. Really had a disappointing year, to say the least. He's only thrown seven touchdowns, and that matches his seven interceptions. He comes in with a 69.2 QBR 
on the ground, of course, everybody knows what he can do, but he really re- seemed to regress this year, uh, his junior year. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Jake Browning. I don't think Jake Browning went through quite the regression he did, but after such a big sophomore year, such a big freshman year where you know he just had these super high expectations uh, for Arizona State, it just kind of hasn't gotten to it uh, at all, really. And, you know, Jaden Daniels, of course, you know, he's super lethal on the ground. But I think the, I think their biggest name on the ground is Rashad White. Uh, he is uh, – he, he's an animal. He is – if Troy Dye gave Washington some problems last week, Rashad White is going to be very difficult for Washington to stop. This guy last week against the top USC defense ran 28 times for 202 yards, uh, 7.2 yards of carry. He's – He's phenomenal. He's he's rushed for over 650 yards this season. He's really good. And then you got behind him Daniel Nada and Demonte Trainom, and those guys each rush for five yards of carry as well. This reminds me a lot of, about um, not as balanced as, but more of a clear cut guy. But reminds me a lot of the UCLA game. You know, Washington mm-hmm. went into that game with an going against a dynamic quarterback and a dynamic run game. That's what we're going to be seeing again. Arizona State, you know, they already run the ball 55% of their plays this season. I, I bet they run the ball 65, 70% of their plays against Washington this year or this game. I mean, that's the way, that's the, you know, everybody's seen it. That's the formula to beat them. You can't throw the ball on them, obviously, so you got to run it. And with an effective run game in Arizona State, they're going to be running it as well. And they boast a top 25 run game this year. So they are certainly a tough force to be reckoned with. Uh, Daniel Nada, you might recognize him, brother of former UW linebacker Ariel Nada. He's he's more of their change of pace guy. He's, uh, to uh, Rashad White, and then Demonte Trainum's kind of their do it all. You know, he's going to be mixing and matching a bunch of different designs. Zach Hill, their uh, their offensive coordinator down there, he's very he, he runs a lot very diverse playbook with this run game. You know, he might run it a lot, but what they do jet sweeps, you know, read options. Uh, powers, all that sort of stuff. It's just very diverse. Up front uh, for the for Arizona State, you got Kellen Deesh. He is a Texas A&M grad transfer. I think he's the most underrated offensive lineman in the Pac-12. Last season at A&M in the SEC, he only allowed four quarterback pressures the entire season. So that right there is just you're not going to get much off the much off the edge on that left side where he is anchored down at. And he's also very good in the run game. He's their third best rated PFF player, one of the best rated PFF linemen in the Pac-12. Opposite of him is sophomore Ben Scott. You know, Ben Scott, he's great in the run game. Arizona State, you know, they're, they are really good in the run game. They gel real well together. But in the past game, Ben Scott has looked a little suspect. So what I'm suspecting for Washington is, you know, if you're able to get those first down, you know, maybe one two-yard carry, and then they maybe try and go into the air second down or run in the game. You're able to get no game, something short or, you know, incomplete pass. We get those third and long situations. You got to go heavy on that Ben Scott side, do a couple, do a couple, you know, run, you know, blitzes at him, throw ZTF over him, mm-hmm. something like that. Cause he's, he's going to be the one that's going to wear down if it's not going to be from that other side. So you got to really find that advantage and get after him. So, you know, as far as the rest of the Arizona State line goes, they're real consistent. You know, they're going to be a tough team to break offensively. So, you know, they're going to run a real consistent sharp game plan. So, you know, really it's up to them to stop the run. You know, through the air, they do have a lot of weapons. Uh, they're, they're four main guys that they're going to be getting the ball to are Ricky Purcell, Johnny Wilson, LV Bunkley, Shelton, and Andre Johnson. Dog fans are going to be probably 
familiar with Johnny Wilson and LB Bunkley Shelton, both mm-hmm. of which were in UW's final five for recruiting. Johnny Wilson, former Oregon commit, he's a he is a monster of a human, six seven, and he runs he runs like a gazelle. So he doesn't. He's very athletic. They're going to be looking to him. I, I bet he gets about maybe five, six targets in the in the game, you know, especially those third and eight, third and seven, you know, when you're looking to move the sticks or, you know, maybe a fade in the end zone, something like that. That's where he's going to be sur- super effective. Then you got LB Bunkley Shelton. He's, he's the guy, you know, you get in space and he's just super loose. His feet are very explosive. He's good at making guys miss. He's got a he's had a great uh, redshirt freshman campaign. He's had 25 receptions for 360 yards, two tutties. So he's very good in space and very effective. Uh, but I think their biggest threat for Washington this year or for this game is going to be Ricky Paracel. He's a junior. He's more of that emotional leader in that receiving core. He has 417 yards on the season with 35 catches. So he's going to be the guy, you know, in that slot receiver. And you know, Washington has gotten beat by those guys. You know, look at. Uh, Kakoa Crawford for Cal, you know, you look at um, Mike, is it the, the guy for Oregon, uh, Red, you know, a bunch of guys like that have kind of torched Washington in the past. You know, we've been so good on the outside, and, you know, we give up that middle uh, sometimes quite a bit. And I think, I think Paracel and Britton Covey, another guy who's gave Washington, I think he's going to play that sort of role this game. You know, they're going to use him over the middle a lot. He, you know, he's going to get, the. I think he'll get the most targets, if someone's going to beat him in the passing game, I think it's going to be him. It's not going to be those yards that, he, you know, he goes for, you know, 15, 20-yard gains. It's going to be those more consistent eight, nine chunks that you cannot limit or you cannot stop. It's going to be those the whole entire night. And then you got Andre Johnson. He's more of their speedster on the outside. He's their deep ball. I don't see him being too effective. Washington, they've only give a, given up, what, I believe, two plays of like 35-plus this year. And those have both been against on in the running game of those jet sweeps. They might do something to him like that. But as far as him going vertical down the field, I just don't think Washington will give those up. That's just not the way they are, and that's just not the way they play. Great. Thanks for the detail on that, Jack. So obviously you mentioned that this is a team that can get it done in a variety of ways. They run the ball extremely well, three great running backs, four great pass catchers, and a talented quarterback, albeit who struggled a bit this year. Um, but also Arizona State this year has three losses, and those losses they've been held to 21 points or less. Uh, what is the key to kind of slowing down an Arizona State offense that th- runs for over five yards a carry with all three of their running backs, and Jaden Daniels averages over eight yards per pass attempt? Yeah, you know, I think we – it sounds just so repetitive and so cliche at this point, but Washington just has to find a way – to stop the run. Like they really do. Cause if you can stop the run on Arizona state, you're making Jaden Daniels stand back in the pocket and make some throws that he hasn't done. And on all three of those losses, Arizona state has not been able to move the ball. And when, when they're down, you know, you're going to be forced to throw them on ball more and complete some passes. They haven't been able to do that. And I think part of beating Arizona state's offense is Washington's offense. They got to be able to put the ball in the end zone, make some pressure on them. And if they're able to get up and put the you know put some pressure on them, Arizona State's gonna have a tougher time coming back. They can't throw the ball real well, but when you get them on the ground, when you get them, you know if they're up fourteen seven, you know they're gonna clock eat. They're just gonna run the ball down the field. You can't have that happen. So part of beating Arizona State's offense is Washington's offense beating Arizona State's defense and creating pressure on Jaden Daniels. 
Certainly. That makes sense. Thank you for that. And, and then additionally, you mentioned Johnny Wilson. Is he all of six, seven? I saw that on the depth chart and I couldn't even believe it. Is he, is he that? Yeah, no, he, he's a monster. You know, he's a guy that's going to, he is, he's a big dude. It, and I think he's yeah. going to be one of those premier players in the Pac-12 in a couple of years. I don't think his technique's quite there or his balls or, you know, his catching's great, but he's so good at high pointing balls, you know, that, yeah. that's like you, you can't teach that size. For sure. So then my question here is if Washington has to find a way to stop the run, is there, do you run a risk <laughs> of maybe stuffing the box? And then for example, you have guys like LV Bunkley Shelton coming out of the slot that are so loose can get, I guess, create separation or guys like Johnny Wilson, who you can just kind of fire the ball too deep at six, seven, like you're leaving a lot of one-on-one matchups there. I guess, which is Washington's poison to pick in that regard? Yeah. You got to load the body. You got to load the box and trust your tackling. Uh, that's something we haven't done this year. And we've lost games because we haven't been able to stop the run. So I mean, I'm right. I'm right. Let's let's try out where we let the pass passing defense win a game for us, not the run defense. Because if we load the box and we make them throw the ball, you know, put almost everybody out there. I don't even. I would not mind putting eight guys in the box and letting a free safety and two corners back. You know, back there. I I do. I am. I am all for that at this point because we have yet to see some something where we have stopped the run. So just let Trent McDuffie. So, you know, they, we say let Russ cook, let, let, let Trent cook, let Trent cook. I love that. I love that. Now, another question. So Anthony Brown against the Huskies ran for 63 yards and a touchdown over five yards of carry. Obviously, you have three running backs to key in on Arizona State, but how can they keep another effective runner in the box and I guess away from gashing the Huskies. You know, I think that's part of my game plan. Let Trent cook as well. Um, you know, if you load the box, you know, you're going to have a guy that's a quarterback spy, you know, it doesn't matter where you put him on the edge over the middle on another edge. I think you got to have that with Jaden Daniels. And I really do hope they load the box up because if they are able to do that, that you're able to key on Jaden Daniels legs and you're able to key on uh, Rashad White's legs. Um, I think that's all you can do at this point. And, you know, I, I just want, if Washington's going to play this game close and they want to win this game, you got to do whatever it can to make Jaden Daniels throw the ball. He is just not a quarterback who's capable of consistently making those big-time throws to win you games. Got it. Great. Thanks for that, Jack. I appreciate it. Right, now we'll switch to the defensive side of the ball here. I was looking at Arizona State's defense, and you know, there's a lot of star power on the offensive side of the ball, but I really think defense is where Arizona State hangs its hat. They have a number of fifth-year seniors all over their defense. Uh, and it starts up front with DJ Davidson. He is the highest-rated run defender in the Pac-12, or at least along the interior defensive line. He's a 6'5", 320 nose tackle, uh, and pro football focus loves him. He clogs up running lanes, uh, and he lines up to a, another redshirt senior defensive lineman in Shannon Foreman. Um those two really set the tone for Arizona State's defense up front. The most impressive unit for Arizona State, in my opinion, is their linebackers. I mean, it is honestly ridiculous. Darian Butler, Kyle Sowell, and Merlin Robertson are, are three senior linebackers. They're all really dangerous. For example, um, Darian Butler leads the team not only in tackles for loss with seven and a half, but he also has three picks on the season. He is absolutely ridiculous. The other two have combined for three themselves. So what's crazy about Arizona State is they line up. They have like a base 4-3 defense, and they honestly don't spend a lot of time in nickel. They'll stay in 4-3 no matter what they're playing almost exclusively because guys like Darian Butler and Merlin Robertson are so effective in coverage that they can throw them out on a tight end or even a slot receiver and uh, 
like make them go take up some space and clog up some passing lanes. Uh, so those guys are really incredible. Uh, and then if you go to the secondary, Chase Lucas is a name that Husky fans will know. He was tight with Nikhil Harry and Byron Murphy coming out of high school. Uh, he is a solid corner. He was a freshman All-American, uh, and he's been a contributor since day one for Arizona State. He's now entering his fifth year for Arizona State. And he lines up across another fifth-year senior in Jack Jones. Uh, Jack Jones transferred into ASU a couple of years ago, but he still has a lot of time under his belt. Uh, and then two more senior safeties, DeAndre Pierce and Evan Fields. Uh, DeAndre Pierce is a Boise State product. He spent his first couple of years there before going to Arizona State, but he's very versatile. He can get in the backfield. He can intercept passes. And then you also have Evan Fields, who's kind of the more physical safety there. Um, but yeah, like I said, this defense is really good. And what makes them great is this linebacker unit that is so versatile in being able to stop the run and even get into pass defense that they can stay kind of in this base 4-3 defense. Occasionally, they'll bring on Tamarcus Davis as a 5th DB, um, but primarily they'll stay in that base look with their really veteran guys and get after you. So this is a defense that averages only 20.2 points allowed per game. Uh, they really limit opposing offenses through the air, less than 200 yards per game. They have only allowed nine touchdowns to 13 picks this year. Uh, the place that they are not necessarily beatable. I mean, their defensive line, like I mentioned, has DJ Davidson, who's the best pass rush or pass or sorry, run stopper in the Pac-12. However, the other three starting defensive linemen and honestly, the rest of their defensive line have not been super effective this year. They gave up 3.8 yards per carry. Washington will probably look to try to exploit that. Uh, but, you know, you got a new offensive coordinator or an interim offensive coordinator, some potential other changes happening on the offensive side of the ball for the Huskies. It's hard to imagine I think the Huskies really taking advantage of a really solid ASU defense here. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about Butler there. I mean, how how is Washington – how do you want Washington to attack them? You know, we obviously – there's been rumors and hints that Sam Heward has been spilling reps with Dylan Morris. That's been reported by the Daily. Um, how, how do you expect either of those guys to go after him because he just flies around the field? Yeah, that's a great question. So one thing – is, like I said, these linebackers will play a lot in coverage, and they'll man up a lot too. So I think the first thing that the Huskies should do is spread the field as wide as they can, right, and take take these linebackers that are versatile in multiple ways and make them basically choose. Like, are you going to stick in the box, or are you going to come out and follow Giles Jackson out into the slot, right? That way you might have a less crowded box that you can run out of or make them start to bring on maybe Tamarcus Davis as a nickel get a more friendly look in that regard. Um, additionally, I think like you got to throw it where he isn't. That's obviously like very simplified. But what that means to me is maybe try to like, there's only a 50% chance of rain on Saturday. Like what, what the Huskies are doing on offense hasn't worked a ton so far this year. Like why don't you just try to move the ball downfield, right? I mean, like I said, Chase Lucas, Jack Jones, solid corners in their own right, but they haven't been the ones that have been intercepting passes in, in droves. Those are actually the linebackers that have been doing that. So why don't you try to dump it over the top, see if you can't make Roma Dunze, Jalen McMillan, Terrell Bynum, your playmakers in that regard, uh, get some splashes for you. You know, you mentioned a lot about Arizona State's D-line, how, how, you know, how effective they've been. How do you see Washington's offensive line matching up against them? You know, you kind of mentioned, you hinted at, you know, a good matchup with Washington's uh, offensive line on Stanford's defensive line, you know, maybe mm -hmm. and then we kind of hinted last week on Oregon's defensive line having the better of Washington's D line. This, do you think this is the game where they can gel together and, you know, put up a performance like they did against Stanford? 
Yeah, you know, it, it'll be it'll be tough. DJ Davidson again is he's a total game wrecker. The Huskies will have to like Luke Wattenberg's gonna have to snap it and then double him up with somebody, whether that's MJ Alle or uh, Henry Bainivalu or whoever's lined up next to him. Like they're gonna be double teaming that guy a lot, right? So then there'll be a lot of one on one blocks. I think that the rest of this Arizona State defensive line, you can like I don't know win a few of those one on ones, um, but like. DJ Davidson will clog up a lot of the middle. So kind of having to run through the B and C gaps, maybe even off tackle a little bit. Um, And I think a guy like Sean McGrew or Cameron Davis, even I think Sean McGrew is favorable in that situation as he can kind of see the play open up in front of him, find where DJ Davidson isn't just totally wrecking the line. Uh, And then for Cameron Davis, get him kind of outside the tackles and let him make some plays in space. Uh, So that's, that's kind of my thoughts there. Yeah, excellent. I guess, you know, final question here to wrap up the defensive portion before we move on to confidence intervals. Uh, overall, you know, we, we hit specific position groups, but overall, how do you just, you know, big picture, how do you see Washington performing this Saturday on the offensive side of the ball? Gosh, that's a good question. You know, honestly, I've been trying to be the optimistic guy a lot of times in the predictions. I have a hard time seeing the Huskies really, like, to be honest, eclipsing 20 this week. Um, you know, like Oregon limited them to seven first downs. I think this is defense. This ASU defense might be better. They're veteran. Uh, they're really good against the pass and they're good enough against the run and the Huskies haven't been a super effective running team. Um, so I think, I think it'll be tough sledding personally. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'll be tough sledding as well. I think it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a brutal game. Just not in the sense, I think more messy. I think, I think it's going to be a messy game, but all right. Confidence yeah. intervals. Uh, we do these every week. If you're familiar, listening. Um, out of ten, Luke, where are you liking this match? Or where are you liking Washington at? For this one, I'm feeling kind of honestly. I'm feeling like a like a three, maybe three and a half. Um, it's like I don't know. I think it's just an interesting situation. I, I don't think so. Here's what I'm thinking, right? Like going into this, just on paper, this season, Arizona State appears to be the better team. I don't think the turmoil that's happening right now at UW helps the Huskies, you know? So that's where I'm at. I think that like Arizona state has just been a better team this year. And the Huskies also have some uncertainty off the field right now. And for that reason, uh, it's hard for me to imagine the Huskies walking away victors, but I really hope I'm wrong. Like I want to be on freezing cold takes. I want players like retweeting me saying this after the game, like this guy's an idiot. <laughs> I, I, that, would, that would make my day for sure. I'm yeah. going to, you know, I'm usually, I'm, I'm a pessimist in a uh, compared, I would say optimist normally, but in the, in these shows, I've get, I've been more of a pessimist, you know, I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to throw a curveball here. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a weird gut feeling that something's going to – Washington's offense is going to give something this week. I have a weird I, – I don't know what it is, I, and I have a weird gut feeling the defense is going to be able to make a couple stops. I'm not saying Washington's putting up 30 by any means. I'm going to go at a 5.5. I think this locker room is – Wow. I, I think Washington's locker room – is going to be playing with a massive chip on there. I think they're just going to get rid of all this anger that's built up within them or something like that. And, you know, they're just going to come out and play this really just smash mouth football. And I think Washington, 
it's going to be a bloody one, but I think I think they prevail in this. I'm, I don't. I guess I'll spoil my prediction. I'm Washington winning 2017. Um, if I have to guess, I'm think I think Sam Heward starts, and I think this is where we cement the Sam Heward legacy with this win. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like, there's there's something telling me. There's just something's chirping at my gut and just saying, "Hey, it's gotta happen." And I, I I'm kind of riding with it. I don't know why, but I'm going with it. I'm not. I'm not yeah, saying. I'm not saying. They're going to win, but there's just something in me that's just saying, do this, pick this. And I'm like, all right, I'll go for it this week. Yeah, I commend your positivity. I love that very much. Um, So, yeah, Jack, I'm glad that you're confident. I'm not as confident, but there's only one way to find out what will happen, and that's to obviously tune in on Saturday. The dogs play 5 p.m. Pacific time kick uh, against the Arizona State Sun Devils. As always, dogman.com is where you can find the most in-depth pre post and in-game coverage uh, as well as Husky hoops coverage now that the season has started. Um, so yeah, thank you, Jack and go dogs. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with the pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+.